you're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinati Kuma. This evening, Mark Dutoy from uh, Oyster uh, Catcher Investments and Rikas Redes from PSG Wealth, uh, hole in one, Reimsich, uh, join us uh, to unpack your stock related questions. To send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gents. I feel like the word of the day today is yields. We had uh, yields skyrocketing all over the place, uh, U.S. Treasury yields, uh, even in Germany, the 10-year the uh, bond yield also uh, hit its highest point since 2011. Um, it seems that it's, it's the same story here locally as well. Uh, Mark, I want to start off with you. What is that signaling? Yeah, so I guess the, the worry is that the interest rates are going to stay higher for longer. It is... Um, I mean, what we, it sounds silly, but what we actually need is the U.S. economy to slow a little bit so inflation can come off and the Fed can actually start to to ease. Um, but the U.S. economy has been pretty strong and uh, inflation has been quite sticky. And so interest rates are going to probably be higher for a bit longer. Mm. And because um, when you're looking to value a, a stock or value a company, I mean, often your starting point is what, what kind of yield can I get in the bond market? And if the yields are high, it means uh, valuation for equities, if you do the maths, are slightly lower than before. Yeah. So, uh, so really, it's, a, it's, a, it's the market digesting um, a higher interest rate uh, scenario than what we had uh, maybe a week ago. I'm just wondering, Rikas, because uh, high interest rates mean uh, higher bond yields, and obviously that's more return uh, to investors. But I actually had a bond conversation where uh, even in today's bond auction, demand wasn't that great, although it ticked up higher than last week. And I'm just wondering why then with such high yields, demand isn't that strong. Rikas? Well, I think it's, it's, it's where we are in the cycle. I don't think globally or locally um, any further drastic increases, increased rates are going to do anything as for inflation. You know, I, I think that that horse has bolted. So we are sitting with, um, as Mark said, first of all, um, what you can get out of equities and what you can possibly get in future out of um, out of yields, considering where we are in the cycle. So um, um, I think we're in that typical um, stagflation type of scenario where it doesn't really matter where you go. Um, nothing is looking all that optimistic yeah well i mean just talking about those uh local bonds uh there is a question here on sa retail savings bonds given the rather precarious state of government finances and possible collapse of the government state uh, is there any possibility of losing our capital that's invested in sa retail savings bonds are we there yet mark no i don't think we're there yet um so i guess the the first thing to remember is that your your retail savings bond is a RAND instrument. So, I mean, there's very there's a very low probability that the government will default on those uh, bonds. But the, your risk is that your RAND depreciates versus other currencies. So, yes, you get your full um, interest repayment and your coupon repayment, but it's in RANDs and maybe at that point your RAND is is not uh, um, as valuable versus other currencies. So that is that is more of a risk. Um, look, I mean, the South African fiscus is in a difficult spot. 
revenue revenue collection has been off because um, commodity prices have come down quite a bit, especially the PGMs um, and uh, coal prices as well. So South Africa as a country has earned less 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 um, less income, and there's going to be some difficult choices that need to be made. And um, hopefully, our government has the has the credibility um, to, to actually make the difficult decisions because if they don't pay back spending, it's just going to mean more pain further down the line. So we eagerly await the medium-term budget speech. Um, it's going to be pretty somber tone, I think, but um, you know, it will be interesting to, see, to hear what their, what their plans are. Yeah. I mean, Rick, is, uh, just talking about these uh, SA uh, retail uh, savings bonds, um, you know, in all this turmoil that's happening, would we still consider it uh, a, a safe spot for investors? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe a year ago I would have said, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're locking in a pretty, pretty decent deals. But taking a look at, at some of our local equity counters, you know, they are... Um, very close to, or at least not that far off from what you're going to get in your in your yield that you are getting from your bond. But again, there's the old problem about being locked in. You know, mm. if you want to get the yield on your bond, you've got to stay in, and aren't you going to miss out on an opportunity? Um, but if you're not investing in in in, in some company that 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 is really really cheap at the moment so there's a bit more risk but as mark said i don't think we're um as far as government is concerned at at any default kind of problem i mean we are far less there than the us is for example we just got a um, deadline this sunday you know where they might in fact default um I must say, they, the United States, have been in that scenario almost year, year on year for the past decade or so, and they managed to rain with something. But that risk is there, and we are nowhere close to that. Well, I mean, yeah, I actually just want to <laughs> delve deeper into that as well. Um, so they have another deadline coming up uh, for these budget negotiations, and there seems to be quite. Um, they're not going anywhere at this point, and that deadline is on the 30th of September. That is what this this Saturday. That's and, Sunday. Yeah, and if that doesn't happen, then that might trigger that, a yeah. government yeah shutdown from the 1st of October. Uh, Mark, mm. are the markets paying attention to this kind of risk or not? Yes, definitely. I think that's something that's also putting downward pressure on the markets. Uh, we saw this. Uh, I think it might have been about a year ago. It was a similar situation, hitting, hitting, you know, deadlock negotiations and heading towards uh, possible. Um, um, I think they put their first cut spending, or they're not allowed to pay any salaries for a while yeah. to to at certain um, government levels. So, and we saw post them reaching a deal and having the the cap extended, the markets actually, you know, uh, went up on that news. So. I do think it's a similar kind of scenario this time around. Um, I mean, they always have been able to reach a deal in the end because they have to. Yeah. So I do expect that they will again this time. <laughs> yes, giving a deja vu from that uh, the the dead ceiling 
um, negotiations that just were not getting over the line. Uh, I want to look into the JSC today uh, because we did see the rand going above 19 rand against the US dollar. But then seeing the retailers doing quite well, because usually when there's sour sentiment on the currency, uh, the retailers don't do that well. But pick and pay just came up about 3%. Uh, Rickus, anything uh, to say about that movement today? I, don't I couldn't see anything specific, you know, either in results or in market moving news. I would yeah. have actually expected them not to do that well because... We had some, uh, you know, we had our local business indicator coming out, and that was lower than expected. And you know, and, and why should retail do well? So, mm. um, yeah, uh, no idea why that sector specifically did um, better uh. than. Let's face it, quite a lot of quite a lot of the other sectors. <laughs> yeah. Well, something else that also did well today is life healthcare. Um, it ended the day up uh, almost five and a half percent. And I heard from uh, an investment analyst that I spoke to earlier on that there are rumors going on that uh, they might have reached a deal on the sale of uh, AMG. And I was actually uh, pretty surprised that it came out so soon because on Friday we did have Life Healthcare uh, posting another cautionary announcement. I mean, this has been going on for quite a while. Uh, Mark, um, are you hearing these rumors as well? And what do you think, uh, you know, or if they actually do reach a deal? Yeah, I mean, we know that they've been working on this deal for, for quite some time now. Mm. Um, and I mean, I guess it will be positive for, for Life Healthcare if, if the deal gets gets done. I mean, obviously, it will depend on kind of on the price that they get for those assets. But I mean, I think that um, I think it will be positive for, for share price. Um, I do think that they'll they'll actually get a fair price for 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 that business. Because I know that for a long time, because this has been going on, the share price has also been largely affected by the expectation of this deal. And I'm wondering if if someone is not in the stock already, is it too late to get in on these news, or can we expect significant more upside considering the actual value unlock that will come when it is finally in the in the in the news? Well, we don't know what the news um, is going to be, mm. but certainly from a technical perspective, we had huge volume today um, on that on that five six percent increase in price. That um, suggests that something is in the wind, and 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 I won't be surprised if we get um, an announcement on that deal. If it's well received by the market and the share price goes above 21, 22 Rand. Um, the technical picture actually looks pretty positive and I won't be surprised to see a rally to, let's say around about 25 Rand on that. Because the share price itself has been going sideways, well, oscillating, but basically yeah. knocking against that 21 Rand price level for probably about nine months now. So that would be a very nice change in both the price pattern Plus, obviously, a bonus to shareholder if the deal is well received. Yeah. I noticed also that um, Richmond and Kumba Iron Ore are in the red today. Richmond declining more than 5%. Kumba Iron Ore also down by a similar margin. And I'm actually wondering if this is company-specific or if it's just China. Of course, we continue to get bad news out of China. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think it is um, more related to China than, than anything else. 
I mean, we've seen the whole luxury sector start to come off. I mean, it really had a fantastic run. Everyone was, all the analysts were kind of predicting earnings to just carry on going up. And now we're starting to see the companies themselves coming out to say that um, things aren't as, as easy as they were before. And they're starting to see even the high-end consumer being affected by the high interest rates. I mean, it could also be a, a bit of a, a trade-off between, you know, hold, keeping a bit of money in a, in a high-end watch versus investing it in a in some other instrument and earning a decent return on it in terms of interest. So there's almost that kind of interplay as well that's that's happening. Um, we've also seen some brokers, I mean, investment bankers, downgrading their earnings outlooks for for the luxury sector. And I mean, that's all just weighing on on these luxury counters. Um, I guess also the other thing is if you've made money out of your investments and uh, you know you're looking to lock that in and 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 invest those proceeds somewhere else, and that's all just adding to downward pressure on on the share prices. Yeah, I mean, just sticking to Richmond because there seems to be a change of tone now, where we're. I think for the past maybe two years saying, you know, how defensive the luxury sector is, um, even though we see uh, other sectors in the doldrums. And then all of a sudden, where even these luxury companies are actually saying that, you know what, we're actually seeing the pressure. Um, Rikas, is this um, of grave concern or maybe not considering, uh, you know, how these luxury counters are rated already? Yeah, I think um, just because the price has come down in these luxury counters doesn't mean that they're not defensive. They are defensive. Mm. Um, But at what price are they defensive? And I had a technical target of about 230, 235 on Richmond. I think they're basically there. It doesn't mean you've got to buy. But it does mean that that exuberance, you know, that nothing can go wrong is not... Um, dissipated and we're now getting into the oh gosh let's you know the um, market's starting to get possibly overly pessimistic so um, from my own personal view I I reduced exposure um, a while ago but waiting for it for Richmond specifically to, to get back to a decent price probably a little bit lower and then it could start looking interesting again but there's no change in the nature of luxury companies they would just as mark said i think the um the the um, those prices were just too high uh. as far as kumba is concerned um, Kumba's, as far as kumba is concerned steel is at a one and a half month low um that's got to weigh in on in on kumba kumba had a great recovery from below 400 rand r- ran up it's going down i think it's just it's just moving in line with the with the underlying commodity. Ah, all right. Uh, well, there's a question here. Um, what does the panel make of the cannabis industry? Is Labat Africa worth taking a punt on? They may get suspended if they don't release financials on time, but seems to be the only player in the cannabis industry on the JSC. Is this not a concern, Mark, that uh, the release of the results uh, could be delayed? Yes, I think that is a concern. Um, so I would definitely wait for the results first before before buying. Um, I think, you know, the cannabis industry is really in its infancy. Um, and Labat is the only South African counter that I know that can actually give you some exposure to that industry. So it is interesting from that point of view. 
Um, but but when companies' um, results or financials are delayed, it's often not a good sign. So I would be I would be careful. Um, yeah, but I, and I think the cannabis industry's got a long way to go still. You know, there's a lot of hurdles that have to be overcome. Um, you know, governments love to tax these types of products, <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. sure taxes will be coming at some point. Um, but yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting space. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I do think there's another one that's listed as, as a SPAC, though, um, psilocybin. Uh, yeah. Rikas, uh, do you, any, any kind of keen interest on the, on the cannabis-listed stocks or not? Yeah, I think, I think the key word there is listed. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, um, it's listed, but is that your only entry point into into the cannabis industry obviously not you know, as i've mentioned before you know cannabis is also called weed precisely because it is it's not something that is um that you can't get anywhere else except from labat so just because they are listed doesn't mean that they are unique there's a lot of unlisted um private companies who, who are entering that market so um um, the competition is far too fierce at the moment. It's, as Mark said, it's in its, in its infancy. Who knows who the big players, both locally or internationally, is going to be, whether they're even going to be listed in the end, you know, like the big tobacco companies. So just because it is an entry point of the JSC doesn't mean it's the only way to play that mm. market. Ah, all right. Well, uh, the big winner on the JSC today being a Bytes. Uh, it did come out with its interim trading statement. Um, and that share price just kept on climbing and climbing and climbing, uh, ending off the day up about 9.5%. Um, quite a thin trading statement, but it seemed that investors uh, saw that as enough to, 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 to chew on there or bite on. Um, yeah, Mark, what did you think of, of, of uh those numbers that they they posted today yeah so like you said there wasn't much detail i mean basically they said that um the earnings going to be well the profit is up double digits yeah and the market seemed to really really like that i mean bytes bytes is a big reseller of microsoft product um in the uk so they do have nice um pound earnings i suppose a weaker rand also would have helped their share price today um, and often we see quite a strong correlation between the Bytes share price and the Microsoft share price, just as an interesting fact. So, but yeah, I was actually surprised that it was up so strongly today. Ah, all right. Uh, 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 Rick, is not much color. Any color that you want to add on Bytes? Not really. I mean, the the announcement today obviously helped, but but one should also take into account that the price itself before today's move was down about. 10, 15% from its recent highs in line with what's been happening with tech stocks in the United States and also worldwide. So the move today was as a result of the positive trading statement. We don't know, you know, they said double digits, but but, but how much? Would that be 11%, 20%? And how much will that will those earnings increase in order to justify an historic price earnings of about 35, which is by no means cheap. So um, I think what we saw today was was a knee-jerk reaction to a positive trading statement without knowing what that future results actually 
are going to be, and until such time as we know that, and the share price goes above about 125 rand, um, I wouldn't be interested in it at the moment. Mm, all right. What about NAMPAC? So they raised um, 1 billion for their rights offer, and they actually said that uh, demand for that went over uh, what they actually needed. I mean, just even that, that oversubscription, um, is, is that a positive sign, uh, Mark? Yeah, I think it is a positive sign. I mean, it means that it was more demand for, for the stock, so that is a positive. Um, I mean, NAMPAC still is a very speculative buy at the moment. You know, there's still a lot of ground to be covered. Uh, contract manufacturing is a typically a difficult business Um you know, margins are always under pressure. But, uh, yeah, I think now that they have raised the, the cash that they need, they've got a fighting chance. So mm. I think uh, I think it is speculative aspect by at this point. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, let's get to your stock picks for today. Jens uh, Rikus, what are you hanging your hat on today? Well, another one which, which had almost counter move, considering that the oil share was down just over or almost 1% a day. It's Grinrod, so we're looking at uh, ships and trains and and um, and basically infra- anything that will benefit from infrastructure spend not only in this country but also overseas. Um, and a nice move today, and upside to I would imagine about twelve rand seventy five, thirteen rand. Ah, all right. On your side, Mark, what will it be? Yes, so tonight I'm picking Afrimat. So a very strong uh, management team, and they've been able to do some very interesting and uh, value-creative deals over the years. They've diversified their business away from only um, construction materials. They now have a large iron ore business. Um, they're starting to, or they're starting to ramp up their anthracite business, which is a type of coal, um, and then also adding a phosphate business. And then recently, they've announced that um, you know they've made an offer for Lafarge. I'm going after the, the Lafarge quarry assets mainly, um, still subject to, to ComCom approval. But I think if that goes through, I think it'll be very interesting to see what they do with that business. And they were, you know, they haven't let us down yet. So I'm hanging my hat on the management team. I think they've got earnings that will grow. And I think the share price will uh, respond accordingly. Ah, well, thank you so much for your time, Jens, and for your insights on a day in which a lot of people are still on holiday. <laughs> that is all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Mark DeToy from Oyster Catcher Investments and Rikas Riedis from PSG Wealth Hole in One Reimser. Coming up next, the close. Stay watching.